I'm Anna Johannes, Paralympic bronze medalist and global advocate for disability rights. Thank you for joining me for a special episode of the award-winning podcast, A Winning Mindset, Lessons from the Paralympics. The Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games will get underway shortly, and coinciding with the Games is the launch of We the 15. This is a campaign which aims to improve the lives of 1.2 billion people with a disability. And that's what we're focusing on today. This 10-year campaign has the power to change perceptions, change opportunities, and change lives. And I'm so excited to be part of something which will make such a positive impact. Joining me today is someone who knows more than most about this campaign. Andrew Parsons is the president of the International Paralympic Committee and perhaps has the busiest job in sport right now. And his team at the IPC are working with organizations from around the world to deliver We the 15. Andrew, let's jump right in. I gave a little bit of a teaser of the campaign, but could you explain exactly what it is? Yeah, the We The 15 campaign is a 10-year is a campaign that we are launching now five days prior to the opening of the Paralympics. And its aim is to use the Paralympic Games, of course, as a catalyst because it's the only global event in the world that puts uh, persons with disabilities center stage. But it's way more than just sport. Uh, we are bringing together different stakeholders like UN Human Rights, Valuable 500, IDA, which is the representation of, let's say, the civil society around the world with persons with disability. So it's a series of, of actions. It involves also media, broadcasters, different uh, organizations around the world, sport organizations as well. So we are being joined by the Deaf Olympics, Special Olympics, and the Invictus Games Foundation. So it's the first time ever that we are doing something in partnership with other disability sport movements. And it's aiming, it's to, again, put the light into the fact that we have 15% of the world's population with a disability, more than 1 billion persons with disability. So every four years is not enough with the Paralympics, let's say, to highlight that, that, that issue. And we want to promote changes in legislation. We want to bring people's attention to the fact that one in every seven human beings has a disability. Sometimes they are not you know, visible, but they are out there and they need to have their rights respected, be given opportunity. That's why we're focusing a lot on, yes, uh, sport as a catalyst, but employment, mobility and opportunity. You know, we believe that uh, the world needs to change the way it treats 15% of its own population. That's the aim of the campaign. Sport is a catalyst. It's a way of bringing all these organizations together. And we have really high hopes uh, that we will be able to change the world or help changing the world through this campaign. Yeah, that's incredible. And as a person with a disability, the first time I heard about this campaign, I was inspired and ready to get involved however I can. And we're still trying to get out of a global pandemic. We're a year later than we're supposed to be for the games itself. So why now launch a 10-year human rights campaign? I think I think I have two answers for that, Nana. The first one is because I think now we are ready. As a movement, as games, we are mature enough, we are relevant enough out there to, to put, let's say, the weight of the Paralympic Games at the service of a campaign like this. And why now? Because now it's so necessary with the pandemic. We have seen how the pandemic has disproportionately affected persons with disability at a global level. I'm not saying only in developing nations, even in advanced societies, we have numbers that show that how persons with disability have been more affected in the, the number of deaths in some nations. Like in England in 2020, 60% 
of all deaths connected to COVID were from persons with some kind of impairment. So these numbers are staggering. You know, they are really scary. So it, and then they show the need of a campaign like this. They need to show the need for us to understand that we need to bring back persons with disability to, again, to the center of the inclusion agenda. We need to put some light into that question and why not use sport? And sport as a catalyst, again, as, as let's say, something that will make this campaign be known uh, in the four corners of the world. You know, the games have more than four billion viewers around the world. So why not, let's say, expand the reach of this campaign using exactly the Paralympic Games, where athletes with disabilities are the stars. You know, they are center stage. So I think this is a good example to society that in many occasions, or why not, in, in every single human activity, persons with disability can be at center stage. So to kind of back it up a little bit, even before that, what what was the inspiration to launch this and use the Paralympics as the catalyst? Well, I think uh, to be honest, I am inspired in uh, in the athletes and the, you know the, the resilience and the stories of the athletes and how sport helped them uh, to change their own lives and to inspire people around them. Uh, but also inspired by the founder of the Paralympic movement, Sir Ludwig Goodman, who more than seventy years ago said something like. My dream is that every disabled person could become a taxpayer. So this means citizenship, contributing to society and sport, again, as the catalyst. So when I joined the Paralympic movement, when I was a bit younger, in 1997, I always wanted to use sport for a greater good or for something that it, a purpose that is higher than just, in brackets, gold, silver and bronze. It's not just, I know. But I think the sport has this potential to do way more than than just be a super entertaining you know event or something that will be a career for so many you know it can it's a super effective tool so why not as we are the paralympic movement why not put the games and put our own movement at the service of 1.2 billion people out there and not just only again in brackets our own athletes so why not do that so i think that was the inspiration yeah, absolutely. And I know in the Rising Phoenix movie, and if you haven't seen that yet, you have to go see it to our listeners. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's amazing. I cried from basically start to finish. I was so inspired. And I was a Paralympian. So I, this is just so amazing. And we've heard in previous episodes of this podcast, you know, in the past quad or whatever five years is, you've had to deal with funding issues, earthquakes, global pandemics, and you and the Paralympic team have pushed through to always have a successful games. So on a more positive note, what are you most excited for this launch of the campaign in Tokyo? Because I think this is what the Paralympic Games, the Paralympic movement was created for. I think we, in some way we're going back to the beginning, but we're looking to the future. And this is super exciting to help society to advance, you know, human race. I'm not talking about, you know, only, you know, groups here and there. Globally, using sport is the most exciting thing I would like to be involved in my in my life. So I have high, we have high expectations on the campaign because I think we have the right team. Not I'm not talking only about individuals, but I'm talking about the organizations behind. So we have the private sector, we have the business sector, the sport movement. Uh, we already spoke with some governments about it. So you know we have the UN system with the UN human rights supporting the campaign. So I think it's the first time ever that we have a coalition of that caliber that could really make things advance. I think we all did a lot doing our own thing. So we were doing organizing the Paralympic Games, organizing sport, delivering competitions all over the world. 
you know, uh, on a daily basis. It's not only every four years. And, you know, uh, Ida was doing the same, the valuable 500 here, UN Human Rights. But it's the first time ever that we are aligned. And I think this is super powerful. I think the reach and the impact of this campaign could be something that will definitely change the life of 1. billion people. And, you know, what else can you want, you want to do in the world, and, you know, just to make the, the life of people better? And in this case, a more inclusive society. And we know that a more inclusive society is not only about persons with disability. And I think that's the message here. We are all different, but we need to be given opportunity to be part of the world, to be part of society. That's why I'm super excited about the campaign. Yeah, the past year has just opened eyes across the world to the injustices for pretty much every minority group. And I think disability people are just starting to get on the cusp of it and understand it. And I think now is an exciting time to launch this. People are starting to understand and having the longevity of 10 years to change the world. You know, the world can be changed in a moment, as we saw with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and things like that. But why wait for something horrific to happen? You know, let's start a movement now without having to beg for it and just be inspired by each other, by allies. No, I think you made a very good point. Why not start a movement like this out of something positive? You know, we don't need to wait until something really negative happens so that we react to it. No, we are proposing something uh, positive here out of something that is positive, which is the Paralympic Games. Everyone perceives it as something positive. So let's let's take advantage of that, not wait for the need to react to something, but let's create the positivity and let's bring people together, not as a reaction, but it's something that we're building. We are building a new perspective uh, on, on human beings. I know after all, persons with disability are human beings is a characteristic. Some people move around in a wheelchair, some people move around with their own legs, some people uh, like you have an amputation and, and that's it. We are human beings, all of us. And I think that's, that's what we want to remind people of. Yes, 15% of the world population, they, let's say, they fit into this description of impairment, of disability, but they are human beings. That's what we're trying to remember. And that's why we need this campaign now, because what happened during the pandemic helped to highlight that we are treating persons with disability, sometimes in many occasions, as second-class citizens. So we've talked about what the campaign is, what we're excited for. You know, let's get down to brass tacks. What does success look like to you, to the IPC, to the organizations? You know, what does that look like in 2031? Well, I'll tell you one simple thing. I think that the campaign will be successful uh, if when we get to 2030, we look and we don't need to launch with the 15 version 2. We think that we have, you know, we have in some way changed the perception of persons with disability. We, can, we say we have seen in many nations an increase of number of persons with disability in employment, for example. We have seen laws being approved in different nations that will uh, make those societies more inclusive. There's a number of things uh, of, of, let's say, indicators that could show the success of the campaign in so many different aspects of life. But I think definitely is if we don't need to have the second version of the campaign, because then it, it means that let's say overall, we have changed, we have helped to change the perception uh, of persons with disability and we don't see the need for a second version of the campaign. It's Maybe it's too optimistic because to change the world and centuries of, of culture in 10 years, maybe it's too optimistic, but it, it's a start and we would do. And if we need to have the, you know, uh, another 10 years, another 10 years, another 10 years and do a, a campaign that will last for a century, I think it's worth doing it. And again, we will, what we want at the end is that this 
super positive effect of the Paralympics, it's not only every two or every four years, that this keeps as a positivity wave, as a positive wave that will slowly change the, the reality in different nations, whether it's by law, changes in legislation, uh, numbers in employment, numbers in mobility, that we can really see that the wave is going to the right direction. You know, that is this direction that the society is going that is a positive one. Because at the moment, we are going backwards. So we need to put society into the right direction at this moment. And that's what, again, we will try to do and we will do it. Because I believe in the power of sport. I believe in the power of of bringing people and organizations together. And I think we have assembled an incredible lineup of organizations and individuals supporting this campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should change the name to We the 100 in 10 years and just 100% everything's done, right? That's how we'll, we'll measure. That would be amazing. <laughs> we the humans. That's it. I love that. And I love that this campaign starts with we, right? I think disability, you're not usually born into a family that's also disabled or you know, you're adopted into a family that's mostly able-bodied or, you know, things like that. So you can be disconnected from the start. So having something that just collects, you know, even just people with disabilities, but allies and just the world in general is just so incredibly powerful and really needed. I think people are going to jump on this immediately or roll on this or hobble on this or whatever it is. And speaking of which, this is a global campaign involving everyone from politicians to celebs to world-renowned athletes, Olympic and Paralympic. How can people get involved with this? Well, I think, of course, they can get involved by you know, following the campaign on social media, in the website and so. But I think it's more than that. We all can play our part in having a more inclusive society. So I like to give this example. If, if you own a restaurant, a very small one, and you have a menu in Braille, you put a ramp in the door, you train your team to welcome persons with disability. You're doing your part. And again, you, we all can get involved in this campaign or at least in the meaning of this campaign if we, in our own daily lives, we have a more inclusive attitude. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a HR manager in a company and I treat every candidate the same, regardless if the candidates, they have a disability or not, I think this is inclusion. But at the same time, respecting the fact that the person has a disability. We cannot minimize the impact, uh, as we know, in the, in, the, in the life of that individual. This is not, it's not treating everyone the same, but it's treating everyone you know, in a fair way, understanding that you know, people are different. How we want people to get engaged is not only, it's following the, the social media, seeing what we're doing in the campaign and, and the, achievement, the achievements, like we change the legislation in that nation. Wow, fantastic, but what am I doing? You know, here in Brasilia, in Brazil, in my example, on my day-to-day, not only my job, but what am I doing in the day-to-day? Am I raising my daughter with an inclusive mentality? Yeah, everyone just needs to get started and be an ally. And even if it's just following the campaign or one person with a disability, there's so much information out there too. You know, just taking that upon yourself to educate and be a part of this movement is a very good idea. Yeah, and I think people, you know, when they don't know something, normally they ignore or they are afraid of. They, as you mentioned, the information is out there, you know, and, and about persons with disability and, and so. So if you read all the stuff out there, yeah, you will understand. But people sometimes, they will not do that. They will not go for that information. So they prefer to, oh, I respect them, but, you know, I don't want to get involved. But again, 
that's that's what we do with the campaign. We're going after society, after people in different levels, as I mentioned, at a government level, as a you know civil society level, in the business sector. So we can yes put that light that will make people react to it and say, oh, it's not that it's not that difficult. It's not that big deal. I should not be ignoring them. You know, 1.2 billion people. When you put that into perspective, is impossible to ignore. And so I think that's that's what we're trying to do here is to make people want to be involved. And and again, we will do through athletes, through celebs, through you know uh, you know political actions and so and so. That I think that's the beauty of the campaign is this is this combination of different approaches and that we believe we will get to the entire world because you know we are trying to cover all bases here. Yeah, and that's how you have to do it. I love the holistic way that the IPC and everyone involved is going after this. That's really how you create change is just from every level. So I think that brings us to the end of this podcast episode and I really appreciate your time. No, thank you very much, Anna. It's amazing to see a Paralympian with different skills uh, as an interviewer, <laughs> as a communication person, as I am. Uh, so it's amazing to see that. I'm, I'm honored to to work with Paralympians on a day-to-day basis and uh, to see you with that all those skills outside the swimming pool is just amazing. Congratulations. Ah, thank you. A huge thank you to Andrew for taking the time to discuss the campaign. I can't wait to see the global impact that We The 15 will have over the next weeks, months, and years. To find out more about the campaign, simply visit wethe15.org or follow us on social media at wethe15. There's more to come in this special mini-series. Next time, Paralympic champion Ellie Cole will be chatting all things We The 15 with the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bachelet. Even in the worst of times, we need to make an effort to find joy, if I may say. This is a human duty. I sometimes forget that, but it's true. (laughs) And we should build on that joy and draw energy to do more. It's not to be missed, so we'll catch you then.